Oh my God. Welcome. We're back. The Don't Call Me White Girl show. Dre is pointing at the camera. He told me to look at 10 fucking times already. And I'm looking. I have a super special guest. You fucks been asking for guests for a while now. And I said, why not start with a real guest? Like, not somebody I don't know or don't like. A friend. You know, not a friend of a friend, but my friend in real life. Phelps is here too. Derek's here, but. Let's get straight to the meat and potatoes. Jason Bowman is here. Give my nigga a round of motherfucking applause. Lord Philly in the fucking building. What? Jason walking this bitch looking better than me, and it makes me a little upset, but it is what it is. Oh, stop it, stop it. Right? You look amazing. I love you, friend. Thank you. I love you, too. No, you you look good. The last time I seen you, I feel like I kept saying, you look good, you look good. And I started like picking stuff off your shirt. The last time I seen Jason Bowman, it was a ball. What ball was it? It was my ball. I'm doing Philadelphia Black Gay Pride called The List. The um, list. And she shocked me. She came to the ball. Didn't even know she was coming. Showed I would have put her at the, you know, on the guest list. She wouldn't have to pay for nothing. She could have been a judge because she'd been asking to be a judge for a long time. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm But um, the video is so like, like sentimental to me because you know when you hug somebody and you y'all both wear makeup because you know I wear makeup but like we we both wear makeup and like she was actually like making sure I had this bright yellow Casablanca outfit she was making sure that I didn't have any like makeup or and somebody kind of records that and recorded it, yeah, so, so we see each other we hug I'm fixing his clothes and shit but somebody recorded but when you watch it back it's like oh she loves him they love each other it's real sweet it's my favorite video go like it we'll repost it again Jason I'm excited to have you here. I think you selfish with the people. I don't think you talk to the people enough. You know what I mean? You work you a lot. Tell me that. You tell work me that real, real hard. But I think you need to do stuff like this more because, I mean, we be having these. We'll, we had these conversations on Instagram, and they'll go for hours and hours. People be talking about them for weeks, and oh, y'all should do that again. And you should whatever, whatever. But you're so smart, and you've lived so many lives. You know what I mean? Yes, I always say that I'm I'm true to my name. The shades of Jason. Mm-hmm. There have been many shades of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I want to go. Because I just want to introduce for people that don't know, because I was talking to Dre earlier and he kept saying, well, he's a he's a makeup artist. He'll be on time. He'll be on time. But it's like with you, I look at you because you do so much shit. Right, right, right. But let's just go all the way from the beginning. You from Philadelphia. I'm from Philadelphia, born and raised. He's an Aquarius from from Philadelphia. Philadelphia. That's where we lock in at. Uh We lock and load it. And sometimes Aquarius is they get together. It's like, who are you? But that's not what we did. We We kind of mesh. And we close. We three days apart. We three days apart. But you know why? I'm the 15. But you know, it's a difference between a January Aquarius and a February Aquarius. Now, I have explained this a couple times, but how would you explain the difference? The February Aquarius is more down to earth. We more kind of like, you know, we're going to tell you how it is. We're going to say how we want. You're going to say how we feel. We're very blunt. Them January Aquariuses, I don't like them. You don't like them? I, I always explain January Aquarius. I like Aquarius. I always see myself in each one I meet, usually, typically, some kind of way. But I always say, like, a January Aquarius is like a baked potato with just butter. With just butter. You know what I mean? No like, sour it's like, cream, no chives, no good, bacon. It's, like, it's not, yeah, it's not. Mm. You could have put crab meat and cheese on that motherfucker. Hello. Me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hello. Boom, right? <laughs> Chive sour cream. Jason. You know what I mean? We stuffed. It's there. You can't even finish this. It's too much. It's you too can't much. Fucking take it. It's me. too much. Right? It's too That's much. That's us. But it's still good, y'all. Potatoes shaped like them, huh? Shaped like a potato. <laughs> Not us. Squares, we more curvy. We're mm-hmm. more curvy. Body. Um, so look, let's go all the way to the beginning. Um, as far as you starting out like doing anything outwardly of a uh, normal shit. Like you know how it's like people cause you you raised by your mother? Yes, I'm raised by my mother. Um Mommy and Dad. Well, more mom than dad, but my mom was my dad, so to speak. Okay. Um, my dad was definitely in the picture, but you know, he any typical black man in the eighties and nineties, you know, he had a bunch of other women and doing a bunch of other things. Mm. He you know, he did him. Mm. So yeah. you raised by your mom, but your mom, she raising you. What is she more leaning you towards doing, going to school, something like that? Surprisingly, my mom just wanted me to be better than what she was. Huh. And in that, my mom was born with spina bifida, which is a neurological disorder that affects the spine. I didn't know that, Jason. Yeah, she wasn't supposed to live past the age of 14. Mm. She wasn't supposed to have any children. She had braces on her legs. She couldn't really walk. But then as time progressed, she was able to walk. She was able to finish school. She wow. went to Wider Memorial behind Girls High. Yeah. Um, and I say a lot of things that I learned in life about being a man, I learned from my mom. Mm. And in that, she just wanted me to just be successful at whatever it is that I did. Um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but I can jump ahead. Even when it came time for me allegedly coming out of this closet, I never had a closet to come out of because I was always Jason from the start. Why do you say that? Like, how do you figure you didn't have a closet to come out of? Because I was always a bit flamboyant at times. I was always in touch with, you know, beauty. I always kind of like 
felt very pretty. I, I was always attracted to men as long as I can remember. You didn't are know. Very pretty though. Didn't, oh, but you are pretty though. You are, I don't have a problem telling my friend. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I'm that kind of person. I don't have a problem with being like, you look good as shit. Because it's like, it's a little bit of pride. Because it's like, okay, you got friends. They're like, oh, you want to come to the event? Cool. You want to bring your friends? Bring your friends. It's like, I'm bringing Jason. I'm like, yeah, that's my friend. You look good. Thank you. You know, I. I I received that, but I always didn't feel that way. Wow. So, like, now that, you know, I got the liposuction and I got certain things done to perfect myself, um, I can accept those type of compliments because I always didn't feel that way about myself. I don't think Aquariuses like compliments. Though. No, don't we don't we like do compliments. Yeah, we, we get real awkward, real, like, <laughs> For sure. Let's yeah. go back. So, boom, you your first, like, foot out the door is beauty. You start. You think you started that in that world first? I would say I started in that world first. Because you model, right? I did model for a short period of time. Um, my mom used to have this Avon bottle of makeup. It was a brown, a brown bottle with a pink top. That was my first experience in like playing in makeup mm -hmm. because back then I used to always say I looked like genuine. I used to have the S curl and I would have my little gel. And, you know, back then we was Not Beijing genuine. crazy. Like, you Beijing know, Beijing crazy. Beijing Shout out to crazy. niggas that Shout still use Beijing. Beijing. Um, we with that. It's yeah, cool. It's cool. It's cool. Oh, but um, I used to stain a, bu a bunch of pillows up with the Beijing because like back then we didn't wash it out. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, um, I used to pick my face a lot. Uh -huh. And I started having like hyperpigmentation marks on my face and I would take my mom's Avon lotion, I mean Avon foundation and mix it with lotion and put it on my face. And my mom used to be like, what you doing? I said, oh, like I, I got to make a, like a moisturizer so that that way I can kind of cover up these marks. And she was like, buy your own goddamn makeup. Get out of my stuff, Jason. Right. Like, why are you wearing my stuff? Like, mm -hmm. get out. So mm -hmm. I went and bought my own makeup and like that was kind of my first introduction into, you know, beauty. But I would see my mom do a little bit of makeup here and there. And I will always be so infatuated with watching her. I was always infatuated by just cosmetics. Um, so you basically correcting what you felt like was an error was your yeah, first. Yeah, my error was my first, my first wow. introduction into makeup. And yeah. it's crazy because I, I, I got to high school early. I went to George Washington High School in the Northeast. Okay. Um, part of the segregation program. You used to, used to bust it over to the Northeast yes, with all the good schools. Jason, yeah, I yeah, went yeah. to fucking Alany Elementary and then they sent me to Benjamin Rush. I went to Benjamin Rush. <laughs> I graduated in 96. Oh, that's, that's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. But um, and going to George Washington, by the time I got to 12th grade, I guess you could say it was when I kind of like started feeling the essence of what it means to be gay. Because right. like they called me gay all through all through school. I didn't know what that was. I just like, oh, I like to hang with the girls. I don't like getting dirty. My when dad, they called you gay, though, no. <laughs> when they <laughs> called you gay, though, was it like a, they call you gay and you feel a type of way? And even when they called you gay, was it gay with anger or was it just like, oh, you gay, you gay? It, it you was just the it, gay boy. It was more gay with anger, but it was kind of like I was always the one that everybody liked. So, oh, that's the gay boy. Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. gay Jason. I was like, I'm not gay. Yeah. Like, they, Did like, you ever Jason, respond with like kicking ass or was you always like, fuck, like it didn't matter? No, it really didn't matter because like I even think like, you know, back to when I used to go to Washington, I used to work in the office. Mm -hmm. And you know, goody two shoes, like sure, nose stuck office, up in the air. Goody two shoes. Um, had class in the annex with the white kids. I didn't really have too many oh, classes with the black kids, you know, a little brainiac. But nonetheless, um, I used to always save all the cool kids cut cards. Okay. So I would go to the office, steal they cut cards so they wouldn't get suspended. Mm. Um, I even think one time Kevin Hart before he graduated, I think I took one of his cut cards out of the out of the deck so he wouldn't get in trouble. Went to high school with Kevin. Went to high school with Kevin. Okay. Um, so yeah, like I used to always do that. So they never really bothered me per se. Yeah. Of course, it was always the ones that hated because I was around all the bad bitches. I was around yeah. all the bad girls. All the girls loved me, but you know, I never really had like a, a, a thrashing of actually being called gay, except <laughs> except this one time. I never forget it. But one thing about me, I'm comical. So I can always turn an awkward situation into a comedy moment. Okay. You know how big the Muslim society is in Philadelphia? Yes, I do. I was on a, I was on a sub train, and back during that time, you know, I took the long way home because I wanted to, you know, hang out with my friends. I went down to the gallery. I was hanging out in the food court. We got on the sub to come back up. And we got on the sub to come back up. It was this Muslim dude. He had the long, um, like, you know, their long throw mm -hmm. and stuff on. And he was like, man, I can't stand these faggots. Mm. So I was like, faggots? Who he talking to? Mm -hmm. So my friend was like, Jason, don't say nothing. I said, faggot? Who you calling a faggot? You got the dress on. Who really the faggot? <laughs> so the whole train started laughing. Mm -hmm. Boy was so mad. I kept saying to myself, Lord, Jason, you're going to have to fight. Have to fight but I didn't man. have to fight. He just looked at me. I was like, what? And mind you, at that time, you know, I was just going through a growth spurt. I was a chubby kid. But mm -hmm. I, at the end of the day, deep down inside, I'm not really a fighter. But I can fight if I have to. Mm -hmm. But I was like, if I got to fuck this boy up, this is going to be crazy on this train. But you're like, fucking me. Like, you from yeah, North. I'm from North. So I do what, what I do. It, it was what it was. Yeah. So... There wasn't a moment of you for you coming out the closet. You feel like your mother just knew, your father just knew. I feel or like what my did dad you have to explain. My dad didn't know, and for a long time, I kind of kept it from my dad 
because I knew that my dad had an issue with homosexuality. You know, my dad went to college, he um, pledged, and while his pledging, he was blindfolded. And being blindfolded, he responded to, to a guy giving him head. And wow. I used to have this gay cousin, he passed away, um, Daryl. Daryl was very protective of me. And I think Daryl kind of seen what I was before I knew what I was. And mm -hmm. my dad did not really celebrate homosexuality. Okay. And when we finally had the conversation, believe it or not, after all these years, was two months before he passed, because he passed while I was serving time in the feds at Fort Dix. Mm -hmm. so and he yeah. came to see me and he was like, you know. You told my Daryl or your father? My, my father. Your my father, father came to see me um, while I was at Fort Dix. And he was just like, Jason, you got something you want to tell me? No. Well, when was you going to tell me that you was gay? Why did I have to tell you that, that I was gay? You knew. Mm. You knew because you treated me differently. You mm. knew because as a black father, you know, you wanted me to be this macho man that I just wasn't. Mm. But I think that my dad protected me in ways that he didn't realize that he was protecting me from the scrutiny of being gay and, you know, from the the, the cruelty of just the world of just being gay. Because back in the 90s, it's safe to be gay now. Yeah. But it was not safe to be gay back when I was going to school. For sure. You had to hide a lot of things. You had to camouflage a lot of things. It just wasn't as accepting as mm. it is now. My mom always explains... Um, she had like a couple gay friends at her job and they were friends, but they were more friendly. It was like an employer, you know, we right, work right. together, we cool type of thing. But a couple of them were gay and they would be openly real flamboyant. They they happened to be feminine. They happened right. to be a bit flamboyant. Not all of them, but what she did remember about all of them is that they all turned that shit down because they worked downtown. Right. So when they would go eat lunch, they would they putting it on because it was like you might get punched in your face you, walking. No, past. you're not. Might you're going to get punched in your right. face. Like this you're is going late eighties, early nineties. She's yeah. like, like Mona, you couldn't be downtown. And even to me now, my age, downtown is like a safe place in my mind. Or the police are around in my mind to a certain to extent. a certain extent. But you know what's so crazy? I think that the first time that I had my first experience of like walking into my queerism was when I hit 13th Street. What you call that, baby? Queerism. Walking into my walking queerism. into my queerism. It sound like a play. <laughs> <laughs> that should, that'd be a good play. Maybe yeah, I should write it would, that. It would. Um, but it was my first time going down 13th Street, which is the neighborhood. Right. And I remember that I used to go to Dancers Nightclub when it used to be down like near, not that far from the gallery, like right over in the area where um the Marriott and all that stuff was at. Mm -hmm. And one day I was walking with my friends. You know, we were walking. A lot of us used to be gay, but we didn't know we was gay. We just used to hang in the mirrors and dance in the mirrors and percolate and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. So I'm walking down 13th Street, and I remember at the time, um, a friend of mine, Lord have mercy, that I met off the party line. That's a whole nother story. Because <laughs> the party line used to be the thing back in Shout the day. Out to the Shout out to the mailbox, monkey. to the butt monkey, to the raven. What the fuck y'all know about the party line? You know what my name was? <laughs> what was your name? Base Rider 2000. You know what my name was? All Money is Legal. A mill. You sound like a... Oh, right, right, a right. That was, was her legal. fucking album. My first that, was album. First, that was the first then album. Then my second yeah. name was Lemonhead. It was more fitting. I'm like, I can see Vicky. you being Lemonhead. Light skin yes. with the big head. Sometimes I would get irritated and I would come into the room and I would just go... <laughs> to fuck it up. Yeah, I used to do that too. I would come in. You had to get the like the real cheap phone. Right. And then back then I had a one way. I would have a one way, my Mountain Dew, my door closed with a towel at the bottom. My mom used to cuss me out that I was too loud mm. and just be screaming, You're ugly. You're fat. Like, you know, you're just <laughs> roasting everybody Yo, in the room for just no reason line. for hours. That was a time to be alive. Go ahead, finish time. what you were saying. You um, met him at the party line. I met him at the party line. And my, he's still my friend to this day, Jeff. Jeff brought me down 13th Street. And when I got down 13th Street, I said, what is this? Right. I was looking around. I saw at the time, I didn't know they were trans women, but I thought they were drag queens. So I saw drag queens and, and gays and lesbians hold the hand. And I'm like, where am I at? Do you feel like, because this is how I feel about the neighborhood, and, and I'm not that versed in the neighborhood, but I feel like back then, it would kind of come alive at night. Yeah, oh, definitely. So it was dead in the daytime, but at night, it was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because again, at, the, at nighttime was the only time that the gays could come out to kind of like fellowship and kind of be accepted right. because that was our Safely. safe space. Mm -hmm. And when I got down 13th Street, I was like, whoa, like, okay, so this is like South Street, but the gay version. Mm -hmm. And at first, I used to be awkward, like, you know what I'm saying? I used to have my little guest pencil pocket jeans with my polo shirt. Hat to the back with the gap book bag that a had the one strap going time, the like, Remember the guests in the polo combination? That was, yo, that so, was so big. Like, Philly niggas, that was a big deal. And you for had us. to have your butters. Yeah. You had to have your butters. Inches, not, the yeah. double the double sole, not that single sole they used to bust on you. Or the broccoli and cheese. Like the broccoli one. They had a broccoli the one. Beef like the beef and broccoli one. The beef and broccoli yeah. ones, yeah. Yeah. Or you had your um what's the, is it the um What was out? What was sneakers were out back then? Jordan's. I, I can't remember. Jordan's is something. Jordan's K Swiss. K Swiss is something else. I'm thinking about I can't I can't put my Deodoras. Yo, yeah, Deodoras was Deodoras. definitely out. Yeah, Deodoras was definitely out. De no, Deodoras was Philadelphia. Yeah, that was Philly. We did Deodoras in Sergio Philadelphia Valente. first. Sergio Valente, Gloria Vanderbilt. Yeah. Listen, don't get me started, okay? <laughs> no, so your introduction to the neighborhood, it kind of 
kind of introduce you to being gay or what to that being is. Gay. Yeah, really. to what that is. And then to be honest, once I got introduced to the gayberhood, is around the same time that I got introduced to the ballroom scene. Okay. And um, to fast forward a couple months before I graduated um, high school, my, when I entered my senior year, I met a man named Alvernian Prestige in the gallery. Okay. And I used to always hang out in the gallery by the bathrooms where the McDonald's is at. We just used to all just hang out Shout right out there. Shout out to the old gallery. Shout out to the old gallery. Now it's the fashion district it's or something. Horrible. It's horrible. They ruined the gallery. The gallery the was so fun. It was so lit. Get off the train, you right there. Get you some um Tiffany's. Yeah. Get you a pretzel. Go get you yeah. some McDonald's. Just be in there busting up, like chopping it. But it anyway, Alvernia walks up to me. I'm with my friends, and he handed me this business card. He said, Y'all want you to model for prestige entertainment. And I'm looking at this man like, who is this? Mm. Like, I ain't doing no damn modeling. My mom ain't letting me do that. You know, I was a latchkey kid. You know, my mom worked double, double, triple sometimes at work. So all I did was Go to school, study. I went to E9 Tabernacle Baptist Church. I was on the choir. I went to E9. Um, I was in the honor society. So I didn't really have time to do any kind of modeling. Mm. But it sparked my interest. So one day, we had beepers back then. Lord, I'm telling my age. Um, <laughs> I went and I beeped him. And he called my one line, my, my one-way line. And he told me about a house meeting that was going on in West Philly on 40th and Chester. Now, back during that time, I didn't even know how to get to West Philly because my life didn't exist up there. I tell people that all the time. If you're from Philadelphia originally, we don't cross town. We don't cross town. So if you're from North Philly, you stay in that area. Yeah, that's your whole habitat. And at the time, we moved from North Philly up to um, East Oak Lane. My mom bought a house in what we call the Melrose Gardens, technically islandy, like 65th and 2nd, Mm. where Cardinal Docker used to be. And... I remember I snuck out the house because my mom told me I couldn't go, but I wasn't paying her no mind. She went to sleep early anyway. So I snuck out the house. I'm so horrible. I stole money out of her pocketbook because mm. my transpass didn't work after a certain yeah, time. And the school tokens couldn't yeah. work. So I sold like a couple of dollars, went to this house man. Lord have mercy. I get to the house at 46 in Chester. I knock on the door. He brings me in. When I come in, I see trans women. I see gay boys I see flamboyant boys I see I'm like what is all of this he right. rushes me in the room and shuts the door he's like fill out this application you know what I'm saying we going to get you inducted into the house of prestige I'm like the house of prestige what is, I thought I was coming to do a modeling thing like what right, right. so I came out in the room and they was all looking at me like oh he fine he pretty he could walk this he could walk that I'm looking at them like I don't know what y'all talking about. Another like, language, yeah. This is a whole they speaking all kinds of lingo and vocabulary I've never heard before Right. and Averning it introduced me to going to my first ball, and it was the first time in my life that I felt seen. It was the first time that I felt heard. Wow. It was the first time that my my gayness and femininity was celebrated. So it unlocked this whole new door of magic that I was just like, damn, where has this been my whole life? Huge confidence booster. Huge, sure. huge confidence booster, booster, excuse me, especially with somebody at the time that was, you know, 16 years old. I just was about to graduate high school. I was going through a growth spurt. I was kind of looking like that awkward, like you kind of fat, but kind of slim. You not really cute, but you cute yeah. type of situation. So it gave me a boost of confidence and 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 taught me so much that I never even knew that existed. So that was your intro. You started with the House of Prestige. I started with the House of Prestige. And then like from there, some things happened with me and I. So before 18, before you were 18. In the oh, yeah. Scene. I was in the barroom scene at 16. I've seen some of your like clips, and we're not telling no ages on here, but like BHS saves you just killing shit oh, yeah, walking in. I'm guess I'm assuming you were walking face then? I was walking face, and the interesting part about it was that wasn't the category they wanted me to walk. Okay. They wanted me to walk pretty boy realness because at the time, realness is a category that defines you looking like a cisgender male that's heterosexual cisgender let's get cisgender. that one. what is that um so a cisgender basically means you identify as the body that you were or the gender that you were born as okay so i'm a so cisgender male right, right so you're a cisgender female correct? okay um so in that i didn't want to walk pretty boy realness it was kind of like boring you would just stand there kind of act like this and have your hat on be pretty do i didn't like that right so i remember i seen um gracie um cartier had walked face and i was looking at gracie like first of all i know him Excuse me, I know her, excuse me, because she had went to high school with my older brother. They went to Dobbins together. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And they told me I couldn't do it. And I said, fuck you, I'm doing that. That's what I'm doing. Right. And that's what I did. And you won. And I won. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Won. Listen, we have a whole lot to talk about um, in the ball scene period, but I'm just curious, starting around 16, 17, starting in another house too, formulating the house and being... What what position do you play in the house that you're in right now? So right now I'm the founding king mother of the House of Supreme Montclair. Founding king mother. The founding king mother. We might have to write that out, Dre. Founding king mother of Supreme Montclair. <laughs> and then we can do a mountain top, maybe. Something like that. And then it can light up and illuminate. And then we could cut to him doing <laughs> with the nice straight teeth. 
Thank you. Nothing big. It's Jason Bowman. Okay. That's just a big jump. You know what I mean? To be in the world. And it's like, I always feel like, because a little bit inside of me, I was always like a slacker. I ain't really tried. But the more I try, the more I feel like I want to conquer shit. Like, mm-hmm. I feel good that I did this in this amount of time. Or people, you know what I mean? Looking like that. So, with you, I feel like you could come in the ballroom scene and be so many things. But to get to the top like that is it wasn't. Just, it wasn't an easy journey. You oh, know, I've been now. in... I was in a house of prestige. I was in a house of ebony. And to those that's watching this, trying to figure out, okay, what exactly is a house? A house is basically like a sorority or a fraternity that we're a part of for the LGBTQ, LGBTQ. Even y'all get caught up in all the motherfuckers. It's a lot of it's a lot of letters. I'm tired of this. Uh, it's, it's draining, love. We're gonna get all the way into it, but go ahead, finish what um, you're saying. So. You know, with me being a part of these houses, I learned a lot of organizational skills. I learned what it means to be a man. I learned what it means to kind of like basically run a business because a house is kind of like a business. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned how to do event planning. I learned how to do um, politics, how to navigate through spaces and learn new people. And I'm a psychiatrist. I'm 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 a I'm a mother. You're a mediator. I'm a mediator. I'm sometimes an instigator. A treasurer. Um, A treasurer. Like you know, I wear a lot of different hats. Let me tell you my intro to the houses. I um. It was weird. In high school, I just ended up, I woke up one day and I had a lot of gay friends, male and female. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, we lived in Delaware. And I remember a friend saying, well, I want you to come to this house with me or whatever. And I'm like, okay, because I was always very adventurous or whatever. What I do remember is I remember coming in and some people not being friendly to me. Oh, like, no, we're not fish. friendly. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? From the door. It's pussy in it's here. It's pussy in here. It's cunt in here. Yes, I'm like. Why uh, is the cunt here? What is yeah, cunt doing here? that's the reaction I got. And I remember I ended up, because it's, it's literally a house. So I, be go, I end up going to the steps and I'm in like the front bedroom because it was a row home in Wilmington. And guys were coming in, but when they would see me a stranger, they would duck. Because it's, mm-hmm. husband, it's women's husbands in here. Well, not, so much, not, not just women's husbands, yeah. but at the same time during that time, um, you know, we the ballroom scene was something that happened at night as well. Okay. Because you're able to portray and be who you want to be during the day, and then at night you come alive. Okay. So when we would see, like, at the time, and I never had a problem because I wasn't trade, but, you know, when you would see at the time a, a woman around be like, what is the cunt? Why y'all got this cunt here? Like, right. what is the fish doing here, child? Yeah. Like, why y'all like hanging with all this fish? Like, right. get them out of here. Is even, it possible because she'll know your tea then? Because she'll know the tea and then... So, so you just, that's what I'm saying, you just, you pulled me up right then and there because then that's the only thing I could think of. Well, mm-hmm. this is somebody's man when the whole thing is, this person might haven't been there in their life to, to tell their story yet. Right. So the fact that you hear, bitch, you might go to our church and you might know. Yeah, you might know. You I might didn't say know something. That, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I was, and I'm a very loud, boisterous person. I ain't say a word because I just have never seen nothing like it. And I just took it all in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and I think eventually, I don't, I don't know if I ever been to a ballroom, but I caught a battle and I think they were just voguing or whatever then but I was totally like oh this is amazing and it's crazy to come full forward now and where I am now to have never really been to a ball well your ball was the first ball I had been to really and I did miss a lot of it but um, I want to get more educated. I want to know more. And then I, I like the life. So mm-hmm. I'll be wanting to be a part of it. But I also want to be a part of it in a way of where I'm welcomed. You right. know what I mean? But I think that, like, believe it or not, you have a very large gay follower. Jason. I didn't know. No, you have a very large I didn't know. Power. I came to his ball, right? And I parked. Listen, we were in, I think, Germantown. We were in Germantown, yeah. Which is North Philly, you know, a part of North Philadelphia. I parked my car, walk out like I'm a regular bitch. They swarmed. I did not know that. Like, niggas crazy, was like, oh, my God. And the crazy part about it was when, when, when me and you was talking, like, you know, we talk on Instagram. They were just like, oh, okay, you know, don't call me away, girl. I'm like, like, no, I actually know. That's her. my friend. Like, that's my friend. Yeah. Like, we we talks. And mm-hmm. then one of the commentators was saying to me, "Oh, you gotta connect me, but don't call me a white girl." I'm like, "Whoa, hold up! Like, hello, what's going on?" <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But like, no, when they saw you at the ball, like they went crazy. Oh, Jason, you gotta bring her back to the ball. She gotta come. She gotta judge. I'm like, first of all, I'm not putting my friend on no panel. But you gotta try her. It was a warm walk. Would they try me on the panel? If I don't, that's what Sam was saying. He was like, "Yo, if you say things that they don't feel like you, you're wrong. They will try you. They will try." But I don't. I don't think they will. Experience. Even oh, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm, 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 I don't give a fuck. I said what I said. You didn't pull off. No, real you know, boy, we're, pretty realness. Well, we just to be transparent. We're we're just now going through a situation that happened at a ball that happened in Atlanta, maybe like two weekends ago, where somebody got chopped. Their boyfriend got mad and he bare maced the whole panel. Oh my God, are you serious? On yeah, camera? It was on camera. It, 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 it made it, it made the blogs. It was Did a mess. It? Yeah, it was a mess. The boyfriend comes and used bare mace and, and sprayed the whole fucking place. Like, 
One thing I want to explain for people that don't know, these balls go on 10, 12, 15, 12, 15 hours yeah. overnight. Yeah, look at Drake. I said 10, 12. What, 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 how many hours do you consider a short ball? A short ball for eight? me might be about eight. Yeah, that's short. Yeah. And that's not typical or average. That's also, not average, no. These things go overnight sometimes. It, the thing, okay, let me explain to Another intro I had to the ballroom scene was my favorite documentary, which is Paris, Paris is Burning. Burning. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you are interested and you want to know the history or whatever, I think that's a great way. That's a great starting to, point. Yeah. Um, the ballroom scene, the way it was introduced to me in the Paris is Burning, the light of that was... Um, these kids from Harlem broke, you know, hard, New York City was very poor back then in the 80s. Um, broke kid, broke ass kids just getting together, having these huge competitions where you go from feeling ignored like you nobody in a well, project with 100,000 well, people to the, you being a, the shit. Yeah, I mean, well, really. well, actually, the ballroom scene started because of a, a drag pageant with Crystal Labasia. And Crystal Labasia, if you want to look at something else too, you can look at the documentary Queen. Mm -hmm. It's on um, Netflix. It talks about Crystal Labasia. Like, you know, Crystal Labasia. Was it the 50s? Like, way it was like, back? The, like the 50s yeah. and 60s. Okay. And she kind of like spearheaded the barroom scene because she didn't feel like she was being judged properly in the pageant world that she created ballroom. Right. So, you know, we stand on the back of a trans woman who, you know, saw something bigger than what. So is Crystal Labeja the start of it? Would I, I would say Crystal Labeja is like the starting point. Like okay, that's I our definitely starting know who point. Crystal Labeja is. Yeah. She wouldn't be winning these drag competitions. She wouldn't, but she would be going she against would win white some women. She would right? win some of them, but she didn't win this one. And one of the infamous remarks was um, taking the wrong way shit. She looked bad. And Harlow was from Philadelphia. Harlow was from Philadelphia. Mm. The person that beat her was from Philadelphia. I remember she saying, Harlow doesn't equal me. Look at her makeup. It looks bad. Yes, yes, Take yes. Take a picture of me and Harlow and see which one is more beautiful. Right, because she, she doesn't equal out. me. Oh, she, she flips, flips completely out. Yeah. out. Like, she was reading back then in the yeah, 60s. For so sure. like, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Look, we just had a moment because I saw that with Crystal Labeja. I didn't realize that she, well, duh, I guess that's why she's the center of that movie. But I do mm -hmm. remember her losing and saying, like, this bitch is poo compared to me. Right, like, right, right. Either way, um, with the movie Paris is Burning, that's what stuck out to me the most, where it's like you come from this super poor area, you don't really have anything, you do whatever you got to do to get to this ball, to to get through this category and try to do your very best, whether you had to steal the outfit, you had to, to suck outfit, dick to get the outfit. Whatever you had to do to get your outfit, you got your outfit, you came right? to that space, and that, that space is where you felt the most powerful. Yes, right. and these balls are huge with hundreds of people in them. It's just, I don't know, I was really, I just, what stuck out to me too with that movie was that a lot of the verbiage and stuff that I say today. Mm -hmm. And I always say, people always say that gay men have taken females' vocabulary. No, females have taken our vocabulary. Uh, yeah, Let's yeah. be very clear. Like, you know, it's crazy because I had a conversation with my mother about that because it was something being said about somebody in the press or something. And I just, I always have said, I didn't understand where when I first came out, like I didn't really realize how many people gay bash, how many people were homophobic mm -hmm. because I'm not. Um, and my mother isn't, you know what I mean? I could honestly say if, first of all, they thought that I was a lesbian because I was always kind of harder. Aggressive, yeah. yeah, I yeah. went to jail early and stuff like that. When I had my daughter, they like paid each other. They had bet like years ago. She'll never have kids. I kid you not. They thought that I was going to be like a carpet muncher, 40 with turtles and my wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because even back then when my mama would come up, lesbians didn't have families and stuff right, how right, they right. do now, you right. know. But um, I do come from that kind of family that I was a lesbian. My mother wouldn't have been upset with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like. Like when I first did this stuff on the internet and I would go live with a guy, just anybody, and we didn't connect and we having this great conversation. And then the comments would be the F word. Is he gay? Ill? Do we? And I'm like, yo, people really still have a problem with that. Like my brain wasn't even tuned that way. First of all, because I'm not gay. Right. So I don't experience the bashing like a gay person would. Plus I'm from Philadelphia where you see a lot of gay people, trans and all that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I grew up and went to school. You could see two boys kissing in the hall. Like I'm a little... I went to high school. I graduated in 2000s. So people, I saw gay couples in school. Like, that was not foreign to me. I didn't learn that so many people were homophobic until I started doing the internet thing. You know what's so funny? My mom and I had a conversation about P-Valley. My mom loves P-Valley. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, I've always had an issue with how gays were um, described on television. Because mm -hmm. they put us in a box. Mm -hmm. You know, all of us are not flamboyant. All of us do not wear heels. Right. We do not wear nails and makeup and right. all those kind of things. And I was really pleased with P-Valley this season that you were able to see the other side of gay. Right. So Thug, you, you, you have masculine, you do right. have like, you know, soft feminine, but like like me, I'm kind of in between. It just depends on what I feel like in that movie. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, sometimes people be like, you know, Jason, you're not the most masculine. I ain't trying to be, I'm just Jason. Right. You know what I'm saying? So being able to see 
different versions of gay on television was so important, especially in this era, because growing up, I didn't see that. Right. Like, you know, when I think about the movie Mannequin, mm-hmm. like, you know, he was a flamboyant queen, he was Miss Thing, this girl and girl, all of those things. But like, that's not who I identified as. I didn't, I didn't see that. Or when Eddie Murphy and them would make fun of being gay, like it was always so extra over the top. So mm-hmm. to be able to see this now in this society, I always say that I'm happy. And I even celebrate, cause you know, like back during when I was like, you know, younger, you couldn't be a fag out. And a fag out means you couldn't get on the train, you know, with your nails and your hair and your cutoff shirt and, you know, with your long hair and be gender non-conforming or gender non-binary, where now you can. Mm-hmm. So when I see that in public, I be like. Look how big Santana is. That's a perfect example. Oh, can I tell you something? I love Santana. Yeah, I do too. I love Santana because Santana is authentically himself. Mm-hmm. And in being authentically himself, he ain't trying to be nobody else no. but him. Mm-mm. So with his nails, with his makeup, with the beard, camera. on and off camera, like, I love it. And I'm so glad that we finally have um, another openly gay rapper that's able to rap about things that I can identify with. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that we had, we didn't have that kind of representation. Right. And people always say representation doesn't matter but it really does matter yeah, for sure. it matters for sure because now we got a black area right and like you know i got tired of looking at the disney movies and i kept seeing all these pretty fairy white girls the white people don't like that yeah, i mean oh, well deal with it guess what they, they like said black. she down there frying them fish well sorry that she could fry the fish but guess what we gonna come up we gonna have some good fried fish and some macaroni and cheese mm-hmm. and some and some spaghetti and some chicken mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at the end of the day black people will get around that movie and support it just like we did black panther and guess what it's going to be successful mm-hmm. the power mm-hmm. of the black dollar for sure i um i do i do want to talk to you about the um homophobia and things like that because you know I was canceled. You were canceled. I might need some tissues, right? You were canceled. Um, and it's I funny because rough... me and you even had a conversation about about that. Yo, people called him and was like, you know that bitch? Like, people were yeah. upset to that they point that when they saw that we were friends that they were like, yo, you fuck with her? Because she, she said, like, he don't know what the fuck I said. Not only do he know what I said, he educated me like you're supposed to do, your friends, mm. you know. Mm. I'm not the friend that you had that you can't pull up. You right, can't, right, right, right. I am the friend of June Carson. Yo, Demone, you shouldn't have said that, right? right, right. I had a conversation with T.S. Madison probably months way after. Still, great conversation because it's like, it's nothing wrong with educating a person and I'm open for the information. Also, I want you, just like I told her, like, yo, a lot of people in my lane feel like we don't know what to fucking say. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now with me, I'm a comedian. I'm trying to make you laugh. I know I'm gonna offend some people, but I ain't trying to offend people in that way, right? right, right, right. And um, it's like it's just it's not a part of my material. I don't even think it's funny, and I I think it's the easy joke to tell. It is the easy Mis- joke. Like it's corny. It's at corny this at this point. point. It's yeah. overdone. But for me, I, I I wish and I hope that a lot of people from that community know that there is a big group of people that don't hate you, bro. We just don't know what the fuck to say to you and what not to say to you and some of us are not um, worldly enough to like inquire to learn because it's but more think, ignorance of anything I, I, I think it's more ignorance but I think that it's time that people get a little bit more educated yeah. like you know um, and I can't but believe- where do you go where, like right now if it was a person he 35 he don't hate nobody his little brother gay now his sisters you know transitioning to be a man he don't know what the fuck to say at Thanksgiving where could he go to get some vital information I mean, to learn it, what it, it, it you starts know? online there's so many different resources that you have if you you can google what, what's the new sneakers coming out by Yeezy if you can google that you can google that's right you can google this kind of things and i think that like for for or for a long time especially with a lot of the blogs and when they post something about gay um i get so angry at reading some of the comments mm-hmm. and a lot of the comments come from black women yeah. like a lot of them come from black women and some of the stuff is it, so disgusting to me mm-hmm. because it's like you know as a gay man i'm good enough to do your makeup I'm good enough to do your hair. Mm-hmm. I'm good enough to tell you how you should look so that that way you can nail the nigga of your dreams. Mm-hmm. But yet, when it comes to a gay issue, you're quiet. Mm-hmm. You don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're an abomination. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're, we're not worth, we're, we're, we're worthless. We're all these different, oh, God, them gay people. Oh, everybody's so sensitive. No, we're not sensitive. But at the end of the day, yo, y'all tried us for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to be careful what the fuck you say out your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, be careful. I feel like it's a known thing that those who get bullied tend to bully and I feel like at this point and I did you brought up Santana I did we, we brought up Santana I did have a good conversation with Santana in a way of like he's like yeah we used to advantage just like anybody else will you yeah, know? but of course but I think it's so as, as, as so long the oppressed become the oppressor mm-hmm. so we've been oppressed for so long yeah we become the oppressor and do I think that sometimes just sometimes not many but sometimes do we go a little overboard yeah mm-hmm. but at the end of the day I understand it yeah. like I get it yeah, like I totally sure. get it 
Mm-hmm. And I and I wish that, especially I think that in the black community, um, we have been raised to hate homosexuality. Yeah. We have been raised that way. You know, our fathers, you know, did oh gay, like nah, nah, like you know, anything that's deemed not masculine. Right. Like it was a, it was an issue. So like, you know, we we have been, We've been traumatized. We've been through a lot. lot of bullshit. We've been community. through a lot. And imagine me, right? I always tell people, I'm black, I'm gay, and I'm a man. And you fine. And I'm fine. You but good. those three things alone, child, I'm I'm glad when I get back in my door at the end of the day. Okay. Like it'd be a lie. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lie. Mm-hmm. It do. It'd be a lie. I don't want to breeze past it. I feel like you are right. You should people should just use Google to try to educate themselves. And I feel like if you become that person that don't educate yourself, you kind of just as guilty as a motherfucker that you know what I mean? Absolutely. Especially if you're intelligent enough. And, and like, I'm gonna be honest. You can read. I'm gonna be honest about something. A lot of my trans men my trans men son, for y'all to wonder what a trans man is, a trans man is somebody that was born female that transitioned to male. Um, one of my sons, can I say his name? Yeah. Oh, uh, one of my sons, Nigeria, and one of my grandsons, and I know you're like grandsons, uh, one of my, you know, gay kids um, educated me on the, the trans men experience okay. because growing up, we didn't have a lot of trans men. They were butches. They were like, you know, dykes. They were lesbians. Right. And I didn't understand the difference of gender and sexuality. So even me, somebody that's engulfed in the community, did not know. Right. So I had to be educated that, you know, hey, just because I identify as a male doesn't mean I like women. Right. I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, huh? Like, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. But then when I really sat and thought about it and they educated me on it, somebody that's been in the community for 10 plus years, but I never was exposed to a female, to, transitioning to, to a, a male, male likes men, which likes makes men, him gay. Which, which makes, makes him, him gay. gay. Yeah, what makes him gay. Makes sense. What makes him gay. And it, it didn't make sense to me at first, but then once he explained it, I was just me? like... Did you follow that, though? No, yeah. really, literally. I mean, you you born, you born a female. Nigga, I, well, I want to jump in it. <laughs> Born female. Okay, go ahead. He don't want me to hear me talk. You, you were born female, but you transitioned to male. But I had to understand. Finally, was it, it took me a long time to get it that gender and sexuality are not one and the same. Right. They're not one and the same. Right. And I could understand it from a trans woman perspective, but I didn't understand it from a trans man perspective until my son educated me. And he was like, "Yeah, mom, because you know I'm a gay male," and I was like. Got it. Right. Understand. Yeah. Like, totally understand. So that's even me, somebody who had to be educated right. on that. And you would think I would be educated well, on it, but I wasn't. What's the number one thing? It's because you're open to be Because I'm open to be educated. That's and I, the whole and I, thing. One thing that I want to always tell y'all, you have to forever be a student. No matter how much you think you know, there's always so much more to know. I'm forever a student. I always say that. That was deep, daddy. I liked it. You like that? Um, I don't want to breeze past, though, um, Jason getting on the phone, me and a couple other my gay friends. And one thing we did talk about, because this was my whole thing. When I did get first on the internet and I would just be, I mean, just literally I would post something funny from a gay person or, you know, and my DM would say, why do you have that sissy? And I was just like, what the fuck? You know, real surprised about it. Right. I went on this, like this, this campaign where it's like, I'm going to educate people in the way that I, the best way that I can. I did find a lot of women, my peers had this kind of underlying anger where it was almost like, okay, we got these gay guys taking our men, right? That's mm-hmm. the energy they would give out mm-hmm. or, um, these gay these um gay guys trying to be like us or use our swag. Now I didn't feel that way because, like I said, I watch a forty year old documentary and they're using words that I use. I get my face beat, beat. right. I'm mm. wearing this frontal or whatever, right. Mm. I just felt like I had it's too much of that community that um I'm influenced by, right, right? for me to hate said community. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also. I am somebody that I've said this a million times and I'm going to keep on saying it. I don't feel like I come from a community where it's a warm place to come out. So I have a different understanding of the trade or DL guys. I've had friends that took a while to come out to me. I'm talking about 10 years, 20 years, you know, and I feel like when, okay, let's say peers, me and her sitting here, her toddler's there. He's young. He's he's super feminine. He's a right. little boy. This little boy is giving gay at two or three, right? Right. That conversation always, almost always turns into some kind of whisper, some kind of rumor. Girl, you see her son, he act like that, right? Now, imagine if reversed and it was, hey, you ever think maybe he's gay or how you would handle that? Which is a total, that's a conversation that's love and stuff like that and support. That's the difference because 
you don't know what it feels like to come out where you might lose your job, your friend, your relationship with your everything father. You right. So yeah. it's like until we had that kind of community where it's a warm place and you feel safe to come out, you can't be mad that these niggas is hiding a secret. And it's funny, even when I think about like family stuff, um, during the pandemic, I discovered what she discovered or we discovered that I had a sister that I never knew about. Mm-hmm. My dad had a child when he was uh, in just graduating high school and me, my sister discovered me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So they make a really, really long story short. Um, in this process, I was meeting my nephews and then meeting my nephews. I'm on FaceTime with one of them and we all in a family thing. And I'm texting my sister, my other sister. And I'm like, you think you think he's gay? Because I kept trying to figure out where the next gay one was. Because in my family, I don't care what nobody say, it's one per bloodline. Okay. And I couldn't figure out which one of my nieces and nephews was going to be gay yet. Right. But I wanted to be there to support them because I knew how it felt for me growing up. I had my cousin Daryl. My Darryl, cousin Daryl passed away in 96 um, from HIV-related um, illnesses. And I always said the same way that I am as a role model and as a big brother and as a mother, a father, an uncle, an auntie to everybody in the gay community, mm-hmm. I want to be that same person for anybody that's in my family so that that way we don't have to go through this journey alone. Because right. I went through this journey alone. I ran into a lot of brick walls, but I wanted to avoid that from happening with anybody else. So to make a long story short, I text my sister. I'm like, yeah, he looked like me. Child, the way he talking, he looked like me right now. And I finally had enough courage to have a conversation with him. And I was like, nephew, you know, what's going on with so-and-so and so X, Y, and Z? And he was like, yeah, unk, I am. Wow. And I was like, well, why is you ain't come out the closet all these years? You know, my, my nephew got three kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, very amazing father. An amazing father. Um, and, like, now watching him kind of come into his own is like, tag. I wish I was around when you was younger because I could have probably, like, protected you more right. from going through what you're going through. You know what I'm saying? Like, growing up. Because, like, growing up just wasn't easy being gay. Like, yeah. I don't care what nobody say. It was, it's easier, a little bit easier now. But it was a struggle back then. Yeah, it seems like where I'm from, outside looking in. But I, I, when that happened with me and I did get canceled or whatever, I did learn a lot. Number one, what I said was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I learned to just, like, you I, you have a certain amount of power with these platforms. Right. And my mother, because my mother, my mother's opinion matters to me. You know, she's one of the smartest people. I love your mother. I love her. Yeah, people love Wanda. Wanda I came to the show. He's a big fan of Wanda, too. Oh, huh? I love the her. The chubby one. Um, but, no, she she was like, you know, the moment what I saw the most on Twitter is that they're hurt. Like, you hurt them. You somebody they love and they think you got their back and they build you up. You're built up by the people. You might not know how many gay people build you up, too, but it is. And mm-hmm. that's what I read the most out of this is that their feelings are hurt. Like, damn, bitch, you don't see me. How? Right. When I'm the one that reposted you, I'm the one that loves you or whatever. So that's why it was really important to apologize. It was really important to clear that shit up because I'm not a homophobe and I never could be. I'm a universalist. And you taught me a lot, something at like that because what you said was, because I said to you, like, Jason, how they don't see? I'm telling everybody, I'm hipping these bitches. And, you know, shit like, Every gay person wasn't molested, right? right? Shit like every gay guy that you meet in the employee break room that you don't have to go, yes, bitch, I love that sweater. He don't like that. Yeah, you because know, I'm one. Of the, I'm one of the ones I don't like it. <laughs> like, and, and, and it's crazy because, like, a lot of people can't call me sis. Yeah. Right, sis is a, is, a, is a term of endearment. You got to know me to call me sis. You can't call I me. I think miss like they were bitch too. It, well, yeah, but you, it depends on the tone and texture of how you use bitch, though. Okay. Because if you use bitch the wrong Not way, the who tone are you talking and the to? Texture, it's all about the tone, the texture, and the temperature. Mm. Because if you don't do them three T's right, we're gonna have a problem, Houston. Okay. We're gonna have a serious it. problem. But you know, in that certain vocabulary words, and and I and I hate sometimes that some women feel like when they see somebody gay or not really sure, they automatically go into, yes, mm. bitch, you eat. Like, girl, calm down. You too, Joe. It's the same thing when the white girl, is this a weave, Shaquita? It's the same thing. It gives the same energy. Or, or even when they look at me, they be like, oh, what foundation you got on? Bitch, I ain't got foundation on today. Right. And maybe I don't want to tell you. Yeah. Like, back up. Yeah. But you know what you told me? What you told me? You said... Cause I kept saying I don't know what I was calling myself, but you, I don't know if it was an ally. And you, you, you told yeah. me I said that we don't need allies; we need accomplices. That's what you said. You be an accomplice. You need to be an accomplice, and, I, and I'm really big on that. That that, that, mean, that phrase. Get mixy with us because bitch. you got to get mixy with us. I don't want you showing up in June when it's Pride Month. You come to the parade That's and right. you wear the rainbow like a lot of these brands do. What happens That's when right. that month is over? Mm-hmm. I don't want y'all to keep being allies. You need to be an accomplice. That's right. An accomplice gonna get down and dirty. They're gonna get in the trenches with us when we have an issue about whatever. You gonna be there front and center. I love an accomplice. Think big, bitch. Think big. Boom, show over. <laughs> no. Um, 
Jason, I did want to talk about because we running out of time, of course. I did want to talk about because I am big. I want I don't know if you know, but I want to get into like jail reform at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I always am interested when I find people like me who were able to get in trouble or turn their life around to a certain extent or whatever. So I just wanted to tap in a little bit to Jason from the streets. So, you know, <laughs> when I was 18, um, I used to hang around a bunch of people. I used to do credit card fraud, check fraud. Okay. I didn't eat theft. Mr. Chazinski. Yeah, I was I was a Mr. Joe Walensky. I was Mr. Epstein. I was okay. I worked for MTV Records. I, you okay. know, I worked for a lot of different places. <laughs> I was horrible. Um, but in that, you know, um, I'm thankful that my growing pains didn't leave permanent stains on my life that hindered me from my growth and development to become the man that I am now. Mm. And looking back on that person that was 18 years old that didn't have to do that thing because I was a shelter kid. My mom provided everything for me. I wore designer clothes. I didn't have to do it, but it was, like a, was, it was a high. You. It was a high. Uh, okay. It was like a rush that I felt like, bitch, I'm about to go in the store and swipe this car and turn it. We about to get all this Prada, all this Dolce & Gabbana. I'm about to That's have these fur coats and glasses. We about to go in the plane. I'm about to get this rental car. We about to go to this hotel room. I'm getting on Amtrak riding in um, Excel Express before Excel Express was like the thing when it was mm-hmm. new. Like, it was such a high and a rush to me. And it wasn't until my wake-up call, because you know it's always a wake-up call. What was your wake-up call? My wake-up call was, I realized you can't teach people how to do the things that you do, and you got to move quietly. Mm. Because I was teaching somebody how to do something, they got hemmed up, and they ran their fucking mouth. Somebody told on you? They told on me. Boy, the game They told on up. me. And then the ice on the cake, well, you thought that was my, my only lesson, right? Fast forward about eight years later, I'm doing something for a friend. I'm doing something for a friend. You know, they want me to go pick up these sunglasses. I go pick up the sunglasses. When I get in the sunglass store, if they would have told me that it was on some fraudulent shit, I would have knew how to maneuver differently. Mm-hmm. I gave this man my real ID. At this time, you know, I'm already being known through Philly. Gave this man my ID. He gave me the sunglasses to come to find him. My friend got it on a stolen credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know the whole time. I used to live on 38th and Spring Garden in this um, apartment building called The Cloisters. But it looked like a church. Mm. So back then I used to, you know, do all kinds of crazy stuff, get us into the church, make it look like it was like this church. I, I was horrible. Oh, my God, I was horrible. <laughs> um, but any event, I was on Amtrak one day. We went to this club called, um, 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 oh, my God. It wasn't called Exit. Crowbar. It was called Crowbar New York. It was this big, like, night party. I leave Crowbar. For some reason, something's like, Jason, don't get on this train. I don't know why I felt like that, but I felt like it was like something like an angel telling me, don't you get on that train, you catch the bus. Because I used a, you know, a stolen credit card to get on the train. I get on the train anyway. We on the train, nine Amtrak police come up mm. and was like, get off the train. So they took all of us off the train. They took us off the train. Mind you, everybody started whistling like a bird child. Everybody mm. just started pinning and just saying stuff. They was going to let me go. But a warrant came up for my arrest. Mm. The warrant was in... Um, Delaware County somewhere. I sat in Rikers Island for three months. Oh my God. You went to Rikers Island? I went to Rikers Island. When I tell y'all, it was How the worst was experience it? of my life. Oh my God. I never forget. If I, it was so scary because I never forget as long as I live. If I never felt gay in that moment, I felt gay. Why you say that? Because I got to the pie. So at the bottom of the pie was like the, the CEO's desk. And it was an owl going this way and an owl going this way with individual jail cells. So I get in there. And as I get in there, I'm trying to camouflage it as much as I can. I walked through. Oh, you a gipper? You a gump? Oh, my God. Oh, no, we ain't having no blades on this block. Yo, get this fucking blade out of here. No. Get this blade. Yo, I'm telling you, get the blade. No, I ain't no faggots on here, yo. Like that. So, mind you, I was terrified because, like, I'm in New York. It's Rikers Island, for God's sake. Yeah. I know about the gang. I've seen the movies. I know how crazy they get. So, I'm like, all right, well, what am I supposed to do? I get in the gate. The girl, like, we got to get you off here. Damn. We're going to take it to the next pod. So, as I'm walking, she's like, do me a favor. Where are you from? I said, Philly. She said, when they ask you what your name is, say you from Philly. Right. And when you talk, put a little bit more bass in your voice. Yeah. She's like, you got, at the time I had braids, she's like, your plaits, you got to do something with that. Like, you mm. got to make yourself look a little rough. So I'm like, all right, cool. I get on the pod. <laughs> I walk up the thing. Everybody just looking at me. I get in the gate safely. They shut the gate. Bull across the hall from me was like, where you from? I was like, Philly. Philly. He's like, okay, we got Philly in the house. You play spades, yo? I said, yeah, I play spades. He's like, all right, we're going to play spades, yo. I used to bust these niggas' ass in spades every goddamn day. <laughs> used to watch sports. I'm not even a sports-inclined person. Play for commie, but, uh, play you know, for commissary. For commissary, mackerels, you know, all kind of feet. Like with the, the, um, the oodles and noodles with the, with, the, with the cheese curls and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And then what I chichi. did, the chichi, I did so good until a queen from ballroom entered the goddamn block. And when the queen from ballroom entered the block, what you think she said to me? 
Bitch, what you doing over Bitch, here? Bitch, Miss Jason, girl, what Miss you doing Jason. over here, girl? When you get locked up, everybody looking like, yo, you know, boy? I'm like, oh, yeah, boy from Philly. You know what I'm saying? He, he know my sisters and all that. Mm. Why are you calling you Miss Jason? I said, you know, sometimes they get a little loose with their tongue, but he don't mean nothing. <laughs> he don't mean nothing. But I, eventually they transferred me to Delaware County. I got down to Delaware County and I met the, um, the, the detective. The detective told me, he said, you have been my arch nemesis. I've been looking for you for a year. Mm. I said a year he said yeah we stalked out your house we was looking for you trying to find you we could not find you we could not pinpoint exactly who the hell Jason Bowman was and by the time they ended up showing me the pictures of me going into the store you know I was hot mm. so I called my friend and was like yo nigga like you got me but I didn't rat I ate it mm. I sat there in Delaware County for nine months and I promised myself I will never ever be back in this space again mm -hmm. I promised myself that all the knowledge that I learned in my life all the things that I've been to I'm too talented too smart too creative too assertive too well spoken and too articulate to be sitting here in some damn jail cell mm -hmm. so when I came home it's like a light bulb went off I started doing makeup I, I, I went to hair school I dropped out of hair school because I, I couldn't take the, the color being stained on my nails and I didn't like the fact that the, the, the flat irons on it was burning me I, I couldn't take it I always wanted to be a makeup artist I just wanted to do makeup mm -hmm. and to be honest when I graduated high school I wanted to go to Gordon Phillips but my dad didn't want me to go to Gordon Phillips I went to Delaware State University full academic scholarship mm -hmm. went there for two years hated it you know discovered the life of you know doing credit card for all this fuck, fuck school I'm trying to make this fast money mm -hmm. and fast forward to me creating you know, my brand and creating me being a makeup artist and putting myself out there and doing all these amazing things. Um, I was actually upset when it finally came out. And I never forget because a reporter in Philadelphia that works for the Enquirer, we were having a conversation and I was like, oh yeah, I've been to jail before. She was like, what you been to jail for? And I, you know, I told her and she was just like, disagree, make a great story. You can help so many people. And I'm like, help so many people. I don't want to help nobody. I help enough people. Right. And I never forget as long as I live, my heart dropped to my stomach because the headline read, from jail to A-list makeup artist. And it was mm. on the front page of the mm. Philadelphia Inquirer. And I said to myself, now everybody gonna look at me a certain type of way. Like now everybody probably not gonna book me because of this and because of that. They're gonna think that I'm, you know, all these things that went through my head. That's what you thought, but what was That's the what reality? But the reality was that wasn't the reality. Cause the reality was the person that I became wasn't the person that I was. Right. And I was able to overcome them obstacles and still press forward. Mm -hmm. And I was able to tell my story authentically the way I wanted to tell it. Mm -hmm. And funny story, true, true, true T, my name legally is J-A-S-O-N. Okay. I changed the spelling to J-A-C-E-N because when I started doing makeup, I got worried that somebody would find out about my past mm -hmm. and judge me for it. Mm -hmm. And even when it comes to ballroom, you know, a lot of times they looked at us like, you know, prostitutes and thieves and all these things. I kept both of my worlds separate. And it wasn't until I had a conversation with somebody and they said, you can't keep doing that because we know who you are in the other arena, you have to tie both worlds in together. There's so much of a story behind you that you have to start talking and you got to start using your platform and being the voice of reason and what doing do this I and say? doing that. And you tell me that all the time. So like, that's how I did my reform from my former self to now. And I'm thankful that, you know, I had those lessons of going to jail and, and, and understanding, you know, what it was like to do that and live that life. Because now at 39 years old, you know, I'm about to be 40 in February, I can look back at my life and say, I had a very full life. Mm -hmm. and, it's, it's, and it's really just beginning. Like, would you say your biggest, when you look at all the people you've done makeup for, who do you think is one of the biggest people you've done makeup for? Because I always say Hillary Clinton. Oh, Hillary was big, but I feel like for me, um, hmm, who was somebody that was like, damn, I've done this so many people makeup. I know one person whose makeup I did that meant the most to me. Oh. Portia. Portia from Portia Roswise. And the reason why Portia meant the most to me because Portia put a post up on Instagram and she was looking for a makeup artist in Philly. And she said that, you know, she was looking for somebody da da da. Her sister ended up hitting me up and was like, you know, Jason, can you come to the hotel, do it da 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 da. So in my head, I'm doing it for promo. Because at that time, I was thirsty to get my name out there. And all y'all that's watching, I always say, oh, don't do nothing free, child, please. When I get done telling y'all this story, you're going to understand why sometimes it's okay to do stuff for free. Mm. I got down there. I was so excited to do Porsche's makeup. Looking back at it, it was good, but it wasn't my best as to what I am right now, right? But she loved it. I was able to do my Jason Told Me video, this, this, and the third. And I was packing up, and she was like, are you going to the club? Mind you, not knowing that the club she going to was a gay club that I'm also booked at to kind of be a host at. So wow. I was actually going to the club she was going to. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. She was like, oh, okay, well, here you go. I said, oh, what's this? She was like, this is for you. And I was like, oh, okay. I just put it in my pocket. 
I thought it might have been like twenty dollars, I and mean, I didn't know what it was. I got to the club. One of my friends was like, "Oh, let, let's, let's get a bottle, let's get a drink." I said, "Oh, yeah, let me go in my pocket." I went in my pocket. It was two hundred dollar bills. Mm. In that moment, I said, "Wow." She put a post up on Instagram. I thought I was doing this for promo, mm. and come to find out, she paid me two hundred dollars. Mm. And at the time, I wasn't even charging two hundred dollars. I was charging like one twenty five, something like that. Mm -hmm. But it was such a big deal to me because I was like, she saw my worth. Mm -hmm. Like she saw my words, she acknowledged my words, and in we did video, we did Instagram, we did all this stuff, mm -hmm. and here I am thinking it's just for promo, and she ended up paying me, mm -hmm. and I felt so full. Yeah, like I felt so. I know she may may end up seeing this, but like you know, I, I was so appreciative of her in that moment because I was like, damn, nobody never did that to me before. That's crazy. Yeah, you've done crazy. a lot, and, I, and I've done a lot of people makeup. You know, I worked done on a, a lot. lot of things. Period. Yeah, a lot. Period. <laughs> Legendary. I'm an icon. Excuse me, you're not. But I was on Legendary. <laughs> Stop it. HBO's Legendary. <laughs> no, Jason, I'm so happy to have you. I feel like we're going to run out of time regardless because it's, I don't it's have enough so time much, to talk so about to what you've done, so really. You know, I know people probably look like, oh, she always, but I, I mean it. And I, I give people their flowers while they're here. I don't have a problem with that. You know what I mean? And I appreciate I'm it. I'm very inspired by you. Um, I wish we could have really got into because we were talking about Jason's teeth and my teeth and my teeth journey. We can't talk about that? And we don't have time, Jason. We have to get to the dark side of your DM. Oh, the dark side of my DMs, to, right. And we also have to give somebody advice on the voicemail. Um, you want to take the voicemail first? Okay. Um, but no, Jason, we might have to just do a part two. You're going to have to come back, baby. I don't mind. Only I'm, give I'm us right an hour I'm here. Right here. Only right give here. us an hour. Maybe one day Jason will give y'all more, a little more, and he'll do his own thing. What do you think, Jason? 11 11 and 11 11. I don't know what the name is going to be yet, but I'm telling y'all right now, sometimes I have to say things and keep saying this so that I can remember it. But 11 11 and 11 11, my podcast drops. That's all I'm saying. Boom. All right, we're getting into the voicemail. Hey, Mona girls. So I'm not going to lie. I love you. I watch you every motherfucking week and all that. But I really need some help. So I'm an upcoming singer or whatever. And matter of fact, I'm from D.C., by the way. So if you hear it, my bad. But, like, I'm from, you know, I sing and shit. And basically, a nigga that I messed with recently told me that, you know, he fuck with me. He fuck with everything I got going on, all that good shit. But then the first night, you know, my little freak ass told him nutted me and shit. And basically, this nigga, he did nutted me. Later on, a couple days, we go, this nigga won't have a motherfucker argument about the baby and shit. And tell me that if I don't make it as a motherfucker singer, he not fucking with me, nor the baby. So I told him, nah, like, you got to be in my life type shit. Fuck you thought this was. So my question to you is, what would you do, like, if you would just, you know, keep the cause you just in case you do have a kid or whatever, or would you tell him, fuck him and his relationship with this kid, get this money, and keep going on in life? Like, what would you do? Would you try to sacrifice, you know, yourself and your kid? This voicemail is horrible and super confusing. Is she all over the place? I don't know. Give her advice because I'm lost. I don't so, know first of all, you meet somebody, you have sex with them, they nutting you. Yes. Ejaculating. They ejaculate, excuse me, in your vagina. Mm hmm you didn't skip somewhere and you say you got a kid. Mm -hmm. Does she have a baby? Does she have a baby? Like, I'm so lost. No, but she was saying if she is pregnant, he only wants something to do with it if she make it. No. She made that Call up. Call a cab. She's lying. She Call made that a lie. fucking cab. No. Do you have a dark side of your DM? Of course I have a dark side of my DM. It says a lot about you DC people. It does. Let's hear the dark side of your DM, Jason. So I get a lot of random DMs, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, for some reason, since I'm on this, your pillow. so because I'm on my um, my body positivity journey now, mm -hmm. um, I post a little bit more things and like you know jock straps. Well, not jock straps. I ain't that crazy yet. But I wear like you know speedos and different things like that. I'm waiting for the full on new job. You look good. Thank you. I'm you look good in that. I, I'm still I'm still just now getting comfortable like wearing that type of stuff because but your I, butt is fat. So I've been told. Yes, you it's good too. Yes. Ooh, and I fried chicken right the second time. Shut up. Because <laughs> the first time might be a little burnt. No, only playing, only playing. Ah. I cook. I cooks down though. I cooks down. But somebody just sent me a DM and said, "The way I will fuck you till you told me you love me." Mm, is that a man or a woman? It's a man. Is he cute? Um, let me see. Do you get a lot of those cute. kind of DMs? I do. I get a lot of them kind of DMs. Yeah, he is handsome. But can I tell you something? I don't normally respond to people. 
Yeah, I don't. He, he can. You know what they say about the bullies? Not all of them though, because sometimes it don't be. You I know, heard a lot of dick. I mean, he got a long bullies. tongue too. But you know, I don't respond to a lot of DMs. You don't respond to DMs at all. I, I'm not gonna so say a at DM all. like that. You open that, left that boy on scene. Left him on scene. Yeah. That is so mean. Is that mean? What am I gonna I mean, say I back? I don't leave people on scene. You know what I do? I'll at least double tap it. Like I. No, like no, it. no. You know why I'm not double tapping that? Because it starts I'm, a stupid ass conversation. It starts a stupid conversation, mm-hmm. and it's being too inviting. You know what I'm saying? Like there was somebody that I was dating. And I left him in my DMs for a long time. Yeah. Like, Are and you then, single? Is Jason single? Jason is single. Single as a dollar single fuck. Single as a dollar hundred dollar bill. bill. Um, you know, I'm just now coming out of something. Yeah. Um, and, and even with that, like, you know, I left that individual on red for a long time. Something? Yeah, I'm coming out Never of something. Never even mentioned anything. Didn't know. I have no reason to mention it. Sometimes, like, some people Yo, don't make it past that. Uh, no, it's all right. It's okay. Well, go ahead. What you saying? But um, I, I I left that individual in my DMs for a long time, mm-hmm. and then when I finally responded, probably should have stayed there. But mm-hmm. you know, nonetheless, every experience is an experience. Every lesson could be a blessing. Every lesson would be a teachable moment for sure. But you know, I don't respond to them kind of DMs. Child, if it, every time I post them, they be like, "Jason, the way I would eat your butt," or oh, they my. come straight like that. They come crazy. They sound like my DM. People lately, I told the fellas that they just been saying, "Can you suck my dick and fried chicken?" And then the crazy part about him, I don't know if I give bottom energy. I'm not a bottom. I'm versatile. But at the same time, okay. it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just because I got a big butt don't mean you're going to get bottom. some. I'm a bottom. I don't think it. you a bottom. I'm not? No, I think you a top. You not. aggressive. I am aggressive. You know, I've always had like a fantasy of fucking a man in the ass. It go, the top. A straight, a top. But a straight man. Yeah. Yeah. But see, I'm a, I want to be I, his first. I'm, I'm a big believer that if a straight man allows you to peg them, they don't make them gay. I don't think that either. Listen, people even think that if a straight guy gets his ass licked, he's gay. If he gets a little finger in his ass, he's gay. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Because I mean, when you you, not gave a finger in my day. But I mean, as much men don't like to admit it, you know, our prostate gland is right there by our butthole. So if a girl is giving you head and she start pressing that thing, you going nuts so crazy. I've said this a thousand times. You going nuts so crazy. If she rubs on your, if she rubs on your Gucci. She gonna milk your prostate. That prostate, you gonna is that be oozing. What the term is? Milk the you gonna prostate. milk the prostate. Would you at home let me milk your prostate? You know what I mean. I like to have mine's milk. I lick a little gooch. Yeah, I ain't too good at lick a little gooch. And my jaw pretty too. I haven't licked any ass yet. What you waiting for? It's it's intimidating because they don't manscape. It's hairy. I think about doo doo. I'm not there yet. But believe it or not. A lot of straight men that got hair in their butt, like they actually kind of clean. I don't. I wouldn't. But know. I. But I don't, I don't mind. Can I say this? I, like say you know what you want. Look, I don't. I don't mind a little gym booty, like okay. a little, a little, a, a little, a little, a little, a little threshy. A little. Okay, I've experienced that myself as far as like sometimes guys like when the coochies a little, a little rainforest. Yeah, a little, not even rainforesty, but a humid, a little humid. Right. You know, I don't want it to be a wipeout. Exactly. I like it to be a little. More. I dated a man that used to make me shower before we had sex. We didn't make it. Why exactly. did you shower? He's a fucking creep. He's a loser. The only thing that I'm not big on after I nut, I gotta get in the shower. I can't go to sleep with the nut on me. That's corny. Is yeah. that corny? I mean, it's for me. I don't want you to jump in the shower. Let's lay in it. Well, I mean, we could lay in it, but after a while, this nut gotta get off me. I don't want it You're on me. You're a perfectionist, son. No, it's not a perfection. I just think that going to bed with nut staining my sheets, then I gotta change my sheets the next day. And, and sometimes I'm lazy. I'll be busy. So I don't want nutted sheets all on my bed so for weeks. Right after we fuck, you're changing the sheets and showering? No, no, I'm not changing the sheets. That's too much work. Okay. But sometimes I do have lube stains on the sheets. It might, you know, be lube stains on like the pillowcase and stuff. But that that's cool. Okay. That's cool. Because, you know, all my sheets got, well, not all of them, but, you know, some of them do got some lube stains on it. Yeah. But nonetheless, like, yeah, I gotta get my ass up again in the shower. Okay. Well, no judgment here, baby. Okay. You're gorgeous. I love you. Um, We're gonna end the show. Unfortunately, because I really want to talk with you about like a thousand more things, but we don't have time. What is Jason manifesting? Um, you already shared with us 11 11 and 11 11, mm-hmm. which is lit. And I don't even know, we, we might have to cut that out because people like to steal shit. Yeah, they might like to steal that. It don't matter because they wouldn't be able to do it like you do it. No, nah, you know only one I mean? Jason. But what are you invest, um, manifesting for the end of this year, becoming close to the next year? But what are you manifesting? What type of energy are you trying to bring towards yourself? I'm just trying to maintain positivity, um, making sure that I focus really on my health and my wellness and take a break. When I say take a break, I've been 
like the Flintstones. I've been. Yeah, you never rest. You I never rest. Work. I'm you never always... even going on vacation. Last vacation you didn't even go. No, I did go. Oh, you did go. I went to Dominican Republic for a week, and then I went to Turkey, and I got my teeth done. Yeah. And then I came back. But then as soon as I came back, I went right back to working. Like when I this weekend I have to go to Philadelphia, Philadelphia Fashion Week. Uh, when I get back here, I'm working on some other things. So like I'm always working. I'm always busy between makeup and the house of Montclair. Off, Jason, I need three months off. Yeah. Like, I really need a reset, but I know now is not the time for that. Eventually, I'll have the time. But I, I don't want to walk into me being 40 in February and being drained and being tired. And I just really want to just keep on working on self and loving on myself because I love everybody else so hard mm -hmm. that a lot of times I actually do neglect Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm excited. I'm so happy that we started our relationship and we, we've blossomed into this. Yeah. I mean, you know you cool when a person can call you and say, bitch, you shouldn't have said that. That's when you know you're all on the other <laughs> side. I love you to death. I'm so excited to see too. what you have, what you're doing, what you have going on, the, the stuff you're going to pick up. And I can't wait for you to usher me into me getting some teeth and some titties in my ass together. Yes, come on, we got you. I love you so much, Jason. Thank you, you so much for coming. Thanks for joining in at home. Felt like you weren't even there. I was just talking to my friend. Leave a comment in the comments. Let us know what you think. Have a good one.